Hey there folks, this is Rob Woods and welcome to episode 20 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in charity fundraising and who wants ideas for how to raise more money, really enjoy their job and make a bigger difference. And I'm recording this episode at a time when the country is in almost total lockdown. And the first thing I want to say is I hope you and your family are safe and well and that you're managing to look after yourself. Secondly, I recognise as well as how difficult this situation is for you personally, it's also difficult for you as a fundraiser or as the leader of a charity with so many intense and new challenges to solve. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to dozens and dozens of you through the regular problem-solving sessions I run through the Bright Spot Members Club, and I've heard about some of the really difficult challenges you're facing. For instance, just in this last week, people have been looking for ways to keep up team morale, and they've been looking at whether or how to create an emergency appeal, and they've been looking at how to ask for donations even during the pandemic. One thing we've discovered doing these twice-weekly coaching sessions is that there are helpful answers to lots of these questions. Before this crisis, I'd spent 20 years searching for answers and inspiring examples that solve tough fundraising problems. And that's why I've found people tend to find my courses helpful. And while there is clearly no silver bullet that solves all of the challenges and problems that fundraisers and charities face at the moment, I am pleased to have been able to find some answers and some real examples that do give fundraisers clear steps to take right now. In the last two weeks, I've created three new online courses that specifically address some of the challenges that fundraisers are facing right now, alongside the other 35 video training courses that we've already got in the library. And even more importantly, we're so pleased that the fundraisers who are now stuck at home have been really appreciating both the solidarity and the encouragement that they get from being part of this community. So if you've already found my podcasts or my courses or my conference sessions helpful, and right now you're looking for ways to stay positive, ways to learn from home, and crucially, ways to fundraise effectively, I would love to do my very best to help you through the club. To find out more, check out our website, brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join or if you'd like to talk it through just send me a message through the contact page of my Brightspot fundraising website. If you're wondering how you're going to continue to develop relationships with major donors, mid-value donors, corporate supporters and other key influencers now that we're not able to meet people and they're not able to visit our services then I think you're going to find today's episode really helpful. It's another interview with the brilliant Linda Harwood Compton, who since November last year has been running webinars for her high value donors as virtual project visits. She's now run four of them with excellent results. So we're now gonna go into much more detail than we did when I interviewed her for episode 13 of this podcast. In the interview, Linda explains her approach, why she feels they're going to be so essential for charities in the next few months, and some tips for making sure they work. I always find conversations with Linda incredibly encouraging and practical, and this one was no different. I hope you find it helpful too. Linda Harwood Compton, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I am very well. Uh, we're, so we're doing this recording during very strange times as the pandemic continues to have an effect on all our lives and our, on our fundraising. Uh, how are you doing in the context of all of this? 
Yeah, I'm good. Um, obviously, as a charity, we're all now working from home, but that doesn't affect me too much because I'm a home-based worker anyway. Um, obviously, we can't really go out and about and do meetings, and I'm six months pregnant at the minute as well, so um, definitely can't be leaving the house too much, but finding other ways to communicate with, with our, our donors. Okay, yes. The reason I especially wanted this conversation is because I've always a valued your advice and and really learned a lot from your example. You've worked in charities for for quite a while now, but your your role at the moment is major gifts manager at Animals Asia, yeah. and you and I caught up a couple of months ago, and you had some you've been getting such fabulous results in your first year in this role that I wanted to pick your brains about those. But I wanted to set up this interview to just go into some more detail about a particular tactic that we spoke about before, but I think is more crucial than ever during this lockdown or virtual lockdown that's happening during the pandemic. And that's the notion of if we can't invite people to a project visit to see the work that we do, or we can't invite them to a reception at our head offices, how can we keep them inspired uh, or even inspire people who are newly interested in our cause and uh, the work you've been doing to do with setting up webinars sounds so powerful and helpful at this time this interview primarily I wanted to to find out everything you've learned about the doing of that tactic but could you just bring me up to speed with with where you've got to the, you originally did a pilot and that was really successful and then you've got two or three more that have happened as well could you tell me the gist of what happened in the first one and then we'll move on to these more recent two or three since the pandemic has started yeah yeah so i did a pilot back in september uh, the the aim was really to re-engage mids and major donors and I set up a webinar with our Vietnam vet and bear director called Heidi and the aim was really just to bring the the sanctuary to our mids and major donors because to be honest 90-95% of people who support Animals Asia will never visit the sanctuary so it was very much about re-engaging people it was stewardship it wasn't really fundraising there was a small fundraising ask in there but that wasn't the main objective uh, so we we had the webinar back in September it was really really successful uh, we invited uh, roughly around 200 people and through the analytics from the email we found out that 50% had opened the email invite and 11% had actually clicked through and registered. So it was it was a real success. After the webinar, I had, I think, pretty much every single person emailed me afterwards. And that was before I even got a chance to email them to see how much they thoroughly enjoyed it. And they just really appreciated us taking the time to, to bring the sanctuary to them. So then what I decided to do was that each quarter in 2020, I would do a webinar with a different programme staff member in Vietnam, Hong Kong or China. So we had our first one in February, which dealt with our elephant programme. And then we have our next one in June. However, during this time, obviously, coronavirus happened. And we thought it was important to bring to the forefront with our donors what we were actually doing in our China sanctuary specifically to combat coronavirus, make sure the staff were safe, make sure the animals were well, well looked after. So last week we set up an emergency webinar and we had our China bear and vet team director present on that webinar. So we had that last week, so I can chat a little bit more about that later. 
And then on Thursday, we have Heidi speaking again about our Vietnam uh, sanctuary and campaign because we have, um, go we're going to end Bill farming by 2022 in, in Vietnam. And we had an appeal just before Christmas to uh, build a new sanctuary. And we said that we'd be back in touch with people in February to give them an update about what had been happening. Now, of course, during this time, Hong Kong, where our central office is, was obviously ravaged with coronavirus, everything shut down. So it meant all our updates, printing, all those sort of things that we were going to send to, to our donors couldn't happen. Everything was just shut down. So we decided instead that what we would do is do a webinar so Heidi can speak to our mids and majors directly and give them an update about what's happening. And I must admit, I am absolutely astounded by the number of signups we've got already. I mean, before I came on the call with you, I saw more and more signups. Again, same, roughly about 200 people invited and we've got over 50 people attending to on Thursday, which is unbelievable. Fantastic. Well done for getting the pilot done in the autumn anyway. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but uh, this is, you really are in a better position because you'd already tested everything and you'd learned some things from doing that first one and you'd proved that people wanted to show up anyway. In terms of it, later in this call, I'd love to, to just go through the recipe of, of, of how you do it and what you've learned about it. But just before we get to that, you were saying to me the other day, not only were they showing up really positive feedback, but you were saying it, it's even helped to get people keen to follow up and have an extra conversation with you? Absolutely, yeah. So when they when they get the invite, they obviously have my email address and, and many of them know me anyway. So they will, and I also ask them if they want to ask any questions beforehand. So I'm already getting a lot of interaction with the donors before we even have the webinar, which is fantastic. And uh, one of my top tips that I was going to say later is if people do not attend the webinar that you invite, do not think of that as a failure, use it as an opportunity. Because I had one donor last week who emailed me and said, oh, I really, really wanted to attend this, but I can't, unfortunately. Could could you send me a recording instead? Unfortunately, we couldn't send recording because the information was very confidential and, and private. But this donor I had been looking to have a coffee with for about 18 months, very elusive, couldn't, couldn't get them. And of course, the email to say they couldn't attend. And I thought, right, opportunity here. I said, well, unfortunately, I can't send you the recording, but I'd be more than happy to catch up with you face to face. And I can tell you what happens in the webinar and I can answer any questions. And straight away, they said, yes, please. Would you like to come to our house for, for lunch? We would love to, to be involved and hear more about it, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, that, that is potentially a bigger win than everyone attending that webinar for me. So uh, unfortunately, obviously, we, we now can't meet for lunch, but we're going to have a Skype instead and have that face-to-face -face and have that conversation as well and build that relationship. So please never think that people not attending is is a failure. It's not. It's an opportunity for you. Great example. And I would say putting time and effort into doing these well is the right thing to do anyway for donors who care about your cause. There may be people who can make it work with a fundraising ask. Broadly, my sense from you is your approach is not to have a, a fundraising ask. It's just doing excellent stewardship, much more interesting, persuasive, helpful, inspiring stewardship than sending an email 
or even a pre-made film because it's interactive, because they can feel close to the expert on the ground who's doing the cause, you know, saving the animals on their behalf. It's just miles more inspiring than those other kinds of ways of keeping people warm and thanked and inspired. But if you're using it, for, if, if there's a fund, fundraising and financial reason for doing it, the return comes from using it to lead on to further what I would call cups of coffee, which used to be real cups of coffee, but now they're virtual cups of coffee. In your case, the setting up of more Skype calls than you would have done had you not been putting the effort into organizing this webinar. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, for, for each of the webinar, I do put in a really soft ask. And it's been interesting because the programme staff, they really want to know about fundraising. And they've actually said to us, can we have a call beforehand? Because I'm not sure how you how you make an ask. How do I do it? What should I do? What should I put on my PowerPoint slide? So, and they've all fed back and said, it's been so interesting for us to see what you actually do on a day-to-day basis. So so for us, what, what I did was, um, I got the programme staff to incorporate a very, very soft ask about health checks for bears and I had three different levels of ask because you've also got mids and you've got majors on there but what I would say is we, we didn't get I'll be completely honest we didn't get a lot of donations but I think what you have to remember is don't worry about that low level of immediate donation this is all about a stronger long-term relationship this is this is a long-term thing this isn't just about these donations afterwards as well yeah excellent you mentioned those one or two specific stories or, or quotes from people uh, who, who sent you some some feedback uh, i don't know if now now's a good time to, to share just one or two of the reactions after you, you you'd put these on so far yeah yeah so um i had so this is from last week when we did the china coronavirus webinar uh somebody emailed me to say this was a real treat Seeing this has made me more determined than ever to support the cause. Somebody else said, I just want you to know how much I appreciate this webinar update. There will never be enough words to praise you wonderful people. I will be there to support you until every last bear is free and beyond. I'm really glad you you read that out because it's so, so strong. Thank goodness you organised the webinar. Even now, when people have got other health concerns and financial concerns and worrying about their jobs and everything else, the service you put on by A, doing the work at all as a charity, but B, then creating this really much better, you know, high touch kind of communication clearly has served that and reassured that donor. And now probably would be a good time to just talk about this issue of Right now, people have more problems and more worries to do with health, money, elderly parents and so on, homeschooling children. There are many more things on people's plate. And yet, um, listening to that, it, it seems that this person is glad you're still doing the day job to do with animal welfare and it's as relevant to her as ever. Maybe it somewhat reassures and distracts her from her other worries. What's your take as a fundraiser for a, for a charity that's to do with animal welfare rather than strictly speaking human welfare and your understanding of of how your supporters feel right now? I think at the minute people want to make a difference more than ever and they want other news, they want a distraction. People are stuck at home, can't help but look at the news, can't get out and about. I think to open that little world, open that window to a different little world and distract people and and get them engaged in something different is really, really good for the donors. And of course, people have time on their hands at the minute. People have more time than ever. So I would say to to other fundraisers, if you're thinking about doing a webinar, do it now because 
previously my ones have been you know on 10 o'clock in the morning because we have to we have to work on a time zone with asia but if you're a uk based charity after dinner seven o'clock on a tuesday night people are looking for things to do i think you will absolutely get a great uptake from that and to be honest you're really helping people just change their mindset look at something else how else can i help what else can I do at the minute when when all this other stuff that I can't control is happening around about me? Yeah, and just because this other stuff is going on, it doesn't stop that person caring about their local theatre or caring about the youth club or caring about a completely different kind of disease. If they cared about it before, they still care about it now. And and I agree, giving them a an outlet through which to translate their caring into action rather than being at the mercy of events... I think is a, is a, a gift we have potentially to to give to people, yeah. whether or not they choose to to give financially now, or they we just help them connect to their values about our issue. Either way, it's the right thing to do. Absolutely, and I would also say I know we're all really struggling as charities at the minute. I mean, this is unprecedented times, but please, when you're doing the webinar, don't try and not make it all doom and gloom and negative because we've got enough of that going on in the world just now show the positive aspects you know what a difference that, that you, your donation is making or can make you know exactly like what you say rob about always explaining you know the horse and cart what's the problem and how do you as a charity solve it and why are you the best charity to solve that you know keep it as positive as you possibly can because there's too much negativity going on just now this yeah. is an outlet for people that's a really good point to include a reassurance and a certainty that we have solved this in the so far with with the kind of donations you've made we have managed to solve solve this problem for for this child or or for this animal we have saved this green space uh, helping people giving some people something to cling to and be proud about i agree is that as important now as ever yeah. So could we move in this call through to focusing on the recipe you've tended to use broadly? Should we should we start with the structure of the of of what it actually is, how long, who speaks, how many of it you it takes to run it and so on? And then after that we might also do the communication for how you have found you get people to sign up. But the webinar itself first, or if we're imagining it as a virtual project visit to connect someone to the cause. How do you run them? Yeah, so uh, we use Zoom Pro, so you pay for that monthly. You can get Zoom free, but you can't set up the webinars on it. I am very strict with time, so it's an hour webinar. We have 45 minutes for the programme staff to do their presentation, and they do it with a PowerPoint as well. And then we have 15 minutes for questions and answers. So what happens is when we start the webinar, say we start at 10 o'clock in the morning, I always have two minutes of chit-chat with the programme staff just to let everyone log on and then straight into, straight into the webinar. And what I do is I, I write a sort of introduction speech beforehand and that's just for me to uh, welcome everyone, explain how the webinar will work because most people will never have done one before, a who's who on the call and um, the plan for the call as well. And I also explain things like I always mute the audience uh, so they can only type questions, nobody can speak because you know what it's like doing a conference call if everyone's trying to speak at the one time. So I have myself who is the sort of host of the meeting, then I have whoever the programme staff member is. Then I also have my trust 
fundraiser on and she does the question and answer box on Zoom. So you have a question and answer box and then you have a general chat box as well. So Manon, my trust and fund, uh, my trust fundraiser, she looks after the questions and answer box and I explain to people at the start if you have any questions while the person is talking and doing their presentation, pop them in, in that box. And then what Manon does is she moderates them. So if you get three of the same questions, she'll make sure they are, they're put together as one question. And then she'll actually Skype me the questions. So what happens is I've got two screens and as I'm talking to, to the program staff and doing the questions and answers, I've got my questions coming through on Skype from Manon. So, and she always does it, you know, the first person to ask the question, obviously they get, they get answered first. And then on the other box, which I also explain in the introductory script, is manned by Calvert, who is our senior supportive care executive. And that is for any general questions, you know, my Zoom isn't working, or how many bears do you have at the minute? Anything that he can quickly answer that, that is not worth that 15 minutes of Ryan and answering, because we know, we know these answers already. So he looks after that section as well. And we are a well-oiled machine. <laughs> We're a well-oiled machine now. Uh, we also have our backups as well. So my other trust fundraiser, she's on call. You know, for example, uh, Calvert is not very well this week. So he might not be able to attend on Thursday. So my other trust fundraiser will, will jump in and she'll look after the, the general chat box on Thursday. So we've always got backups. We all know what we're doing. And I always do a practice session beforehand because if you think about it, the programme staff, they've never done a webinar before. A lot of them are very nervous. They they have never really met a donor before potentially so and you know what it's like if you sit and watch a presentation and you know someone's nervous it makes you feel nervous and you can't just sit and relax and enjoy it so I would say my one of my top tips is practice 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 you know have that person uh, doing a practice webinar I bring in people from my team to act as pretend donors and they ask questions and we make sure it all works and they're happy with transitioning from slide to slide um and that, that seems to work brilliantly. And the other thing I also do is I have a feedback session with the group afterwards as well. Any feedback we can offer the presenter and any feedback they can, they can offer us as well. Mm. And presumably it's a real benefit you've had getting such enthusiastic feedback immediately from your donors when you've read when, when you've done the webinar you've been able to send that straight to your hard-working services colleague so that even if they're conscious of two things that didn't quite work with the technology or they messed up they think messed up an answer for you to be able to send them such strong effusive feedback can help them overall feel like it was a victory rather than overstressing about the two errors. Oh, uh, unbelievable. As soon as I get those emails through, I forward them straight on to whoever was, was presenting. And I must admit that the morale, I mean, skyrocketed. I mean, I think what the programme staff don't realise, and it'll be with other charities as well, because they're not in daily contact with donors, they don't realise how much they're really admired. They really don't. And, you know, they forget that sometimes when there's updates going out, you know, their name's at the bottom of it and a picture of them. So people recognise them when they log on to the webinar and they say, oh, God, there's Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm speaking with Ryan. And I think that's been something that they've found really beneficial as well, that not only have they got to interact with donors, but they realise that, oh, God, wow, they, they really see the difference that, that we're making because I'm over in remote China at the minute, not, not understanding. I'm just going about my daily work. Uh, not understand what an impact I'm really making. 
So this is really interesting. And clearly there are so many things about our current situation which are, are difficult and there's no way of dressing them up as, as anything but really difficult. But I'm, I'm so keen when I spot a silver lining to latch onto it. Seems to me unequivocally something about this situation forcing you to do more of these webinars. Overall, it's going to have an up on morale of your colleagues out in the field. A, for that discovering how you know, that they are the hero to some people who care about this issue. And B, in terms of them understanding fundraisers, connecting to donors at all, and even understanding the process of fundraising and communication with your team, seems to me over the next months, they're going to be up in terms of those compared to where we would have been if we, if we weren't in a pandemic. Is that too strong? Oh, it's, it's, it's very true. I mean, talking about, actually I was going to say, talking about bringing together not just donors and staff who are working in Asia, bringing together staff in the UK and staff in Asia really has boosted morale and created a lot of understanding. Um, because again, with time zones, it's, it's not often that we can we can really speak to each other face to face. And something that came out of the very first webinar that we did was Heidi, who I was saying is the, the vet and bear team director in Vietnam. She, we had a lot of sort of face to face, you know, the, the three of us in the UK with, with Heidi. And she said, I've absolutely loved learning about what you guys do. Could we set up a Skype so I can bring my Vietnam team to sit in and hear what you guys do on a day-to-day because they just don't know. Um, and we did do that and it was really, really beneficial. I think for both sides as well. I think it was great for the UK team to be able to share what they do. Yeah. Um, and also the Vietnam team were asking questions. Um, so it's really like, it's really mutually beneficial when you think about it, the amount you can actually learn. Well done. And just before we finish, Linda, not necessarily on the subject of, of the webinars, but in terms of your approach to communication, to staying in touch, to phone calls or, or virtual cups of coffee right now, to whether you are or are not planning to ask, could you just give us a sense with the pandemic and its implications as they are for most of us? For you as a major donor fundraiser, what's your approach for the, for the next few weeks? So my approach is still to have as many virtual cups of coffee as possible. We can't go out and about now. We can't have our face-to-face meetings, but we can do so many more other things. So I actually had a lot of meetings booked in for April, May, because obviously I'm starting to transition to go on maternity leave. So I'm starting to do the, the handover. Um, and it's so important that I'm still there when I'm handing that relationship over to the next person. So we can't have our cups of coffee, that's fine. We're going to do it on Skype instead. Skype, Zoom, anything like that. And the thing is, I think you'll find, I'm not doing telephone calls, I'm doing Skypes because I think you'll find as well, people have a lot more time in their hands at the minute. And whereas telephone calls might have been a bit more trickier six months ago because people didn't have time, they do now. They absolutely do now. So I will be using Skype for the foreseeable future. I also have my WhatsApp groups with my my different uh, donors who support different projects in Asia. So they're still going strong. It's lovely. And and this time, you know, when we're, we're faced with all this bad news, it's lovely to get pictures of bears rolling around and you know such and such has had their health check and is fit and healthy and back with their friends in the sanctuary it makes me smile so can you imagine what that does for a donor who's funded that and so we still have our we still have our whatsapp groups as well we'll continue with our webinars Uh, I did have a few major donors 
who were supposed to be going out to the sanctuary. In fact, one of them should be there today in Vietnam. Now, obviously, that's all cancelled. But what I think I'm going to do instead now is do a, almost like a virtual tour of the sanctuary for them, a private one. So they were supposed to be meeting our, our directors of the sanctuary. So I might get them, if they've got time, if they've got time, I might get them to do a little Skype with them. And also I might get some of the bear workers to do a little video. And if I can get live streaming, that would be even better. So they feel like they're really there. But I would just like them to do a little video round of the different things that they would have experienced when they were there. Whether that's, you know, cutting up the food for the bears and being in a health check with the bears sitting in on a, an educational talk, anything like that. That's my next step at the minute because those people have been looking forward to those trips for be up to 12 months, you know, and that's been completely taken away from them. So let's give them something. Mm, and uh, my instinct is they will really, it, it may not be perfect. It may be rough and ready, maybe a couple of technical glitches, but people will so appreciate that you're, you're putting in the effort to do something instead of the, the real trip anyway. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And rough and ready is sometimes better than professional, you know. We don't we don't have good working Wi-Fi in the sanctuaries, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of 4G, and if it cuts out now and then, then that, that's just life at our sanctuaries. Yeah. Linda, I would love to talk on, because uh, you're a goldmine of, of some really uh, sensible, practical tips that you're, you're doing. Thank you so much for your time sharing what you've learned to do with creating a virtual project visit, or otherwise known as a webinar, uh, and these are the little tips as well. We're going to finish, but um, thank you ever so much for, for making time to talk to us. And to the viewer, I hope this was helpful, or the listener, I hope this was helpful. Best of luck trying out your version of this, if, you, if it, that could in any way be appropriate. But for now, I'm going to finish this call Stay safe and best of luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you found Linda's examples and advice encouraging. If you found it helpful, please do share it on with your colleagues or on social media so that we can help more charities. If you want to get in touch, we would love to hear from you. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, Linda is at LatchLinda. That's at capital L-A-T-C-H capital L Y N D A at Latch Linda and I'm at Woods underscore Rob. If you'd like more of Linda's advice, that's all available in the Bright Spot Members Club, which includes the full film interview as well as a complete set of notes so that you can see the steps that Linda has been taking to secure major gifts even in the last couple of weeks. So as you're stuck at home and if you're searching for ways to keep learning and solving fundraising problems over the next few months, as a member, you'll get 24-7 access to a whole library of powerful training content, which I know will help you right now. And I would love the chance to help and coach you through the club. You can find more at brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join. Finally, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate the effort it takes to keep investing in your professional and personal development, especially when you're so stretched. And I hope it gave you some ideas and encouragement. Until the next time, stay safe and best of luck with all your efforts to be a force for good when people need your charity more than ever. Mm -hmm.